Welcome to the Grove Community Church Worship Podcast. We're a faith community seeking to change lives, change our community, and change the world. Here's this week's message. We hope you enjoy it. One of the big things that caught my interest um, as we were getting ready to start the Grove, gosh, back in uh, 04, was this big this big movement towards branding and it and it had been a thing for a long time but it seemed like branding was becoming even a bigger deal it was everywhere every church was talking about it every organization was talking about it every company was talking about branding and, and if you know anything about branding you understand why branding uh, is not only just an idea of a company it's not only representative of the company but it, it comes with it this whole idea and this whole um, feeling of what that company is and is about. And so branding, there have been billions of dollars, billions and billions and billions of dollars spent on branding. Uh, I don't have to tell you what the apple with a bite out of it represents, right? I don't have to tell you in this state what, uh, what blue and orange stands for or what a script A stands for. I don't have to tell you that. You know that. I mean, I don't even have to explain either one. Script A and blue and orange. And you guys know exactly what that means. That's branding. And each one of those things creates in you some sort of inner feeling. For some of you, script A is as good as evil Satan, right? But for others of you, it's what you live for on Saturdays. That script A is, is maybe even all over your house somewhere. You've got it on a tire, and it's and it's it's just ground or it's embedded in who you are. Others of you, I mean, my goodness, uh, it, it's it's blue and orange or nothing else, right? So branding, we get it, we get it, and we get it in ways that we don't understand sometimes too. So I'm wearing a shirt today with a big brand on the front, and there's a reason why I'm doing this. This is a brand that I have cared about for years. For some of you, you recognize the brand, you've seen it, you've seen stickers, you've seen clothing with it, and you may or may not have any idea about what this brand is about, but I do. And when I think about this brand, I'm going to share what it comes to mind. First off is quality. And the reason why I know that is because I've had friends and I have a piece of clothing from this company that's over 30 years old, right? So when they make something, they really make it. So it's quality. The second thing about this brand that I appreciate is that, um, is that they care about being responsible. So they, they really are responsible with the products they produce and how they're producing. They're good stewards of, of uh, resources. And then the third thing that I like is that they're really big into conservation. They put a lot of money and a lot of energy and a lot of effort back into making sure that uh, we're protecting um, we're protecting parts of our earth and, and, and standing up for things that need to be stood up for. And so, um, so Patagonia is a brand that just means a lot to me. And I've been wearing this brand and, and buying their products for years. Uh, I mean, literally for 30 plus years. Uh, it, it's, it's something that I value. And it brings with it different thoughts and feelings for me. When I think about this brand, I think about not just my backpack, backpack, but where I've been with that backpack. I don't think just about um, my uh, Patagonia baggy shorts 
which uh, I've, I've worn uh, in rivers, in the ocean, uh, I've worn it in other countries. Uh, they're, they're shorts that I've had forever. There's memories that come along with it. That's the power of branding. Today we're going to look at the first two verses of the Lord's Prayer. I'm going to keep in mind this idea of branding. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew 6, and we're going to be looking at verses 9 and 10. Matthew 6, 9 and 10. Now let's go backwards one week and talk about just briefly what we talked about last week. We talked about this idea of father, that God is a good father, that he cares and that he listens and that he's present and that he just wants to invite us in. And it's like sitting around a campfire or sitting around the fire pit on the back porch and talking with your kids. It's a conversation. It's a relationship. It's deep. It's powerful. It's meaningful. It's more than just a list. It's more than just a transaction. It is a deep relationship. So Jesus had just talked about that what prayer is with this idea of Father. Now he's going to take that idea and bring it forward into the actual prayer itself. And so if you have your Bibles, as I said, turn to Matthew 6, verses 9 and 10. This is the first part of the Lord's Prayer. Uh, If you don't have your Bible, you can follow on your smart device. Uh, Most of your Apple products that I mentioned earlier have a U version, and if you're uh, not an Apple person, that's great too. I know uh, Android's a phenomenal platform too. Get your Android out. Uh, and so uh, turn to Matthew 6, verses 9 and 10. Now understand this that the Lord's Prayer is built around two sections there's this entry, this introduction, this acknowledgement of God, and then there's a section about hallowing God's name. God's will, and uh, God's kingdom. And that first section are all petitions. There's three petitions that are focused on God and his power and his will and what he is doing on the earth. Then the second three petitions are all about how God provides for us, our human need. So let's dive into that, and we're going to look at this first group of three petitions today. Pray then like this, Jesus says. Remember, he said, don't pray like the Gentiles. Don't pray like the hypocrites do. Pray like this instead. And he says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So the three, the three requests here is that God's name be made holy, that it's hallowed, that God's kingdom would come, and that God's will would be done. And then it ends with this idea of on earth as it is in heaven. So let's kind of start there as a bookend, and then we'll go back to the Father part. So on earth as it is in heaven is simply this. Heaven, this particular word for heaven is singular, not plural. And so heaven here is the power, the abode, the, um, the, the place where God resides. And it's not so much a place as it is a quality. Heaven is a quality. So I, I, that might not make a whole lot of sense to you, but it's a, it's a theological wrestling that you're going to have to kind of figure out. But Heaven, in this sense, is where God is empowered and worshipped and uh, worshipped as he should be. It's where God's will is completely done to the T. So heaven, then, is this perfect idea of response to God. So when he says, on earth as it is in heaven, he's saying, God, bring this attitude that the angels have, this attitude of being in perfect submission to you and in perfect obedience to you and bring that to earth. All right? So with that in mind, understand that that's going to color how we understand those first three requests. And then on top of that, 
our Father in heaven. So he uses this idea of heaven twice here. And it's interesting that he addresses God as our Father and then mentions heaven. He's doing two things here. He's reminding us of the holiness of God and the importance of God, that he is in heaven. He's the creator of all. He's reminding us that we should not take God's holiness lightly. But at the same time, he's reminding us that he is our father. He is holy and perfect, but he loves us like a father. He deserves all our respect and attention. He deserves all of our obedience, and he is completely holy and without blemish. But he loves us as we are. Just as a father loves us or loves a child imperfectly that is imperfect. Our father who is perfect loves his imperfect children. It's a double reminder there. And again, that's important to understand as we go into this next section. Because God is both mighty and holy, but he's also relational. He's father. Our father in heaven. And then the first request. Hallowed be your name. Now, the name for Jewish ideology wasn't just someone's name, right? When someone had a name, the name meant the very essence of the person. So when he says, hallowed be your name, he's not just saying, when people speak your name, may they treat it with respect. It's not what this means. It means that God's name, his very essence, would be understood as it truly is, and that people... And that God himself would make that name holy. Now, we're going to dive into this theologically because our, uh, in this passage, the, these first three requests are very theological in nature. Revealing who God is and then revealing how we interact with him. So these, these verbs, all three verbs, hallowed be your name, kingdom come, and will be done, are all three uh, aorist, and they're all three um, imperatives. Two of them are passives, and one of them's active. So you, I've lost most of you there, and that's okay. Let me explain this. In the Greek language, when an aorist imperative is used, there is a section of, um, of, of literature that that construction is used for prayer. It is a wish that something would happen. It's a request but it's also an expectation that it is happening, that it has happened. So it's both in. It's a, it's a request, it's a hope, but then it's also an understanding that it is, that it has. And so this request is, God, make your name holy. Make your name holy. Now, it's a passive, so God's the acting person, so God's Request, or the, the prayer is requesting that God would submit himself to the passive work of something else making his name holy, which is very confusing and creates all sorts of problems for scholars. But I think it's also very interesting, and I think there's a simple explanation for all three of these verbs, and all three of them have super, uh, super specific impact on how we interact with God. Hallowing God's name is something that God does through his people. For God's name to be hallowed, first off, it has to be holy, which who is who God is. That's his work. But it's also a passive action, which means that there is a human element involved in this. That if God's name is going to be made holy on earth, 
then we have to be involved in that. God empowers us to make his name holy. Do you see how that works? It's God's work, but it's also our work. And our work is, an empo is empowered by God's work. So it's almost a cyclical thing. God is powerful. God's at work in us and through us so that his power might be made known in and through us and his name might be made holy on the earth. So as God is holy and he is that, he shares that holiness and he, and he ignites holiness in us and, and that very act of igniting holiness in us empowers us to make his name holy ourselves. I hope you follow that. God is holy and he's making his holiness known. Hallowed be your name. God, make your name holy. Help us to make your name holy. And I submit to you that God was the first and most important brand ever. Isn't that what he's asking us to do? To be brand representatives for him? We wear brands proudly all the time. I've got on a certain shirt. Uh, I've got on uh, a certain sandal that a lot of you guys know what brand of sandal it is just by the way it looks, right? We have branding all around us. We have the branding on the front of our cars. We have branding on our athletic wear. We have branding on... On, on hair products, I guess. I don't know about that part of it. We have branding everywhere. We have branding in the water bottles we use if you have a metal water bottle. We have branding everywhere. Everywhere we look, there is branding. And it is yelling at us and it is screaming at us and it is telling us what's in and what's out and what's important and what's, and what's worthy and what's not. And all of that is manufactured by humanity. And most of it's manufactured in vain. Out of vanity. But the ultimate brand is God. And what he's asking or what Jesus is teaching us to ask in this prayer is, God, make your brand, make who you are, make the essence of you known through me. May my actions reflect your holiness. May my life be an example of your brand in this world. Are we branding God? We are. I would submit to you all branding something. What are we branding? What is our life branding? Is it branding selfishness? Is it branding North Americanism? Is it branding, uh, is it branding I don't know, materialism and selfishness? What are you branding? What is your life branding? And if it's anything but God, it's the wrong brand. When I was a kid, I went to a school that was uh, in, in Montgomery that was a private school. And, and if you didn't have the right brand of shirt, you got made fun of. This was before they had uniforms, right? I had a friend who went to another private school in Montgomery, and, uh, and, and at the time, uh, Gafers was a thing. And if you don't know what Gafers is, go look it up. It was Gafers Parisians. It was this big southern uh, uh, department store. And they sold everything, I mean, literally everything, housewares, I mean, everything they sold in these department stores. It's like Amazon, but actually in a store, right? For those of you too young to not know what a, a department store is. And you walk in, and, and literally you would have an upstairs where there would be houseware and, and you know, women's clothing and 
juniors and misses upstairs and downstairs are men and, and jewelry and all that kind of stuff. And it was everything you can imagine. Well, gaffers would sell polo shirts. But because not everyone could afford a polo shirt, they also made their own brand called Royal Knight. And Royal Knight had a man on a horse with something in his hand that at any distance looked kind of like a polo. It was an off-brand. Well, my friend at this other school wore the Royal Knight shirt and got roasted for it because it was the wrong brand and because it was a wannabe brand. How sad that we've become that vain. How bad is it that branding has molded us into consumers so much so that if it's the wrong brand, we won't wear it? The ultimate brand is God. And it doesn't matter what's on your shirt. It doesn't matter what kind of shoes you wear or what kind of water bottle you have. It doesn't matter what kind of phone you have or, or what kind of car you drive. Ultimately, the brand that we need to care about is the brand of God. Are we living out His holy name? Do people see His name as holy and special in us? And I would submit to you that the problem is most of us are wearing fake God brands. We're the one trying to psych people out. And God has gotten a bad name because the brands that people put on that are faux God brands are ruining his name. We are so jealous and stringent on our brands of the clothes we have. And yet we've become so lax in the brand of God. That should be convicting to you as it was for me. When people look at you, do they see the brand of God? Do they see His holiness in you? Do they sense something different in you? Do they sense the specialness of God and the relational part of God? Do they see that in you? Holy be your name is inviting God to work in us. God, make your name holy in my life so that as people see me, they see your love and your holiness. They sense you. Guys, we ought to be spiritually heavy. We ought to have a spiritual gravity about us that we don't manufacture, but it's the brand of God. It's God in us and through us and and overtaking us, people ought to see Christ, not Todd, not Patagonia, not Chaco, not whatever. Do they see that in you? Do they see it in me? So when the prayer says, hallowed be your name, it's not God, make your name holy. It's God, make your name known through me. Use me to proclaim your holiness to the world. And not just words, not just with empty words, but with my very life, may people sense something different. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Make your name 
holy. Make me a brand representative. And then he goes on and he says two more things that all interrelate. They're really asking a different angle on the same thing. The next part of the prayer is your kingdom come. So God, make your name holy here on earth and do that by bringing your kingdom, your rule here now. It's an already not yet. With Jesus and his resurrection, a new kingdom is at play on earth. A new ruler is here, but he's only here as much as we allow him to rule our lives. And when we submit our lives to his rule, we come under his kingdom. And then when we're under his kingdom, wherever we go, we're living out not of this kingdom, but of his kingdom. Not under some other brand, but his brand. And so the prayer, your kingdom come, is God, bring your rule here. And it's not just bring your rule on everybody else that's doing things wrong. Because God, you know there's a bunch of hellions out there that need Jesus, right? But me too, you too, we all need His kingdom, His rule, His power, His control over our lives. So this prayer is, God, let's get real. I'm laying myself bare here. You are Father, but you're also holy. And I'm praying that, God, you make your holiness known in and through me, and that your rule, your control comes over my life. That I live as if I'm in your kingdom right now. I live as if you are my king and you are holding me accountable right now. I live as if you're making the decisions over my life and I'm just a plebe. I'm just a peasant working under you. I'll do whatever you tell me to do, God. Your kingdom come. Your rule come. And again, God initiates it, but we have to respond your kingdom come is that aorist imperative. God, you make it happen, but you make it happen through me. There is a God element and a human element. And both together bring the kingdom. We don't bring it. We participate in it. Your kingdom come. Bring your kingdom, and I want to participate in it. Bring your rule, and I want to follow your rule. Bring your kingdom, and I want to submit myself to you as my king and follow in your footsteps and do whatever you want me to do. And as I do that, your name will be made holy. And then the second part of that is not only do I want your will, I mean your, your rule, but I want your will. I want the very things that I want to be the things that you want. I love a good brand, but do I love brands more than I love God? Lord, your will be done, not my own. Not what I love, not what I want, but what you want. So not only do I want your kingdom and your power, your rule to come, but I want the very thing that motivates me to be you. I want your will to be the motivating factor in my life. I want your will to be the thing that animates me and steers me. The thing that guides me and empowers me. So when he says, make your name holy, when Jesus teaches his disciples to pray that, he's teaching us to pray, God, make yourself holy in us by giving us your will. Implanting your will where our will once was so that everything that comes out of us, all of our desires, all that we pursue is what you want. Replace our will with your will. And as you do that, bring your rule, your kingdom, your power to cover me so that I'm motivated by you, covered by you, empowered by you, 
living for you. And as I do that, as we do that, your kingdom is spread and your name is made holy on this earth. He is inviting us in this prayer to pray, God, make us part of your movement. Make us part of your movement right here, right now. Too many Christians are wearing the wrong brand. And there's a lot of counterfeit brands out there. Some of the counterfeit brands that I see all the time is religiosity. There are a lot of super religious people who say all the right things, do all the right things, and don't do all the wrong things, right? Oh, you can't do this, 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 and this. And if you do, that's not how Jesus lived, and that's not how he invites us to live. We don't have to have a list of don'ts if our will is not being lived out from what our will is, but out of God's will. If we live out God's will, then the things we desire and the things we want are what He wants and what He desires. There's a lot of faux brands out there. A lot of people who will stand and claim, oh yeah, I'm a conservative Christian, but they just do it to get political points. Just to get your vote. It's a faux brand. There's faux brands all around us, guys. The world doesn't need another person wearing, wearing a cross, smiling. Look at me. I'm a Christian. We shouldn't have to tell people. No, what the world needs is God's name to be made holy through us by us submitting our will and allowing our will to go to the wayside and his will to be the thing that we live for and to fall under his covering, his rule, his control over our life. That's what the world needs. And as we do that... We will be authentic. We'll be an authentic brand. We don't have to manufacture a faux brand. Guys, I'm honest. I love a good brand. I am a sucker for a quality brand. I am. And I will spend more money on a Patagonia pullover than I will on something else pullover. I will. And I'll make every kind of excuse why. And good excuse why. So if I'm that diligent with the brand of, of backpack I wear or pullover I have, why do I find myself so lacking in the brand of God? Is it perhaps because I'm selfish? Is it perhaps because I'm more worried about what other people see and think than I am about making God's name holy on this earth? I think it is. If I'm honest, it is. It's because I'm more into me than I am God. Because I'm more into the Todd brand than the God brand. And yes, I did use that. I try not to use the rhyme very often because <laughs> it's so cheesy and bad. But if I'm honest, I am more about Todd than I am God. And I don't want to be that way. And so moving forward, what I want to focus on as I pray the Lord's Prayer, our Father, 
you love us and are in relationship with us and you desire just authentic reality and realness with us. Authentic, deep relationship. You're our Father, but you're also holy. You're in heaven. And because you're holy and because you're Father, I want to be your brand ambassador. Make me your brand ambassador on this globe. So that when people see me, they see you. That's my desire. I hope it's your desire too. Because when we pray the Our Father, the Lord's Prayer, that's what we're praying. God, make me your brand ambassador. May your name be hallowed, made holy through me. May your will be done through me. Replace my will with your will. And may your kingdom reign over me. May I be enveloped, motivated, animated, and moved by your will, your action. And in so doing, may I be a brand ambassador for your glory. I hope this message was meaningful and powerful to you. But I also hope that it was challenging. And as always, don't just hear it, put it into action. Until next week, have a great one.